FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, this is Faux Mondays, the companion show to FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back with a full episode on Thursday. But until then, happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And today, the topic of the day, so important, how to live with less stress and more joy. Who doesn't want that? And to talk about that, I have all the way from the other side of the pond in Europe, the author, Emma Pears, who is the founding director of Solomon Hunt and is a much in demand as a consultant, speaker, musical director, and songwriter. She was awarded an ESRC scholarship to study at Cambridge University, where she gained her MPhil in educational research. Fancy. Wow. <laughs> Emma, welcome to Faux Mondays. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. All right. So I just want to, this is a topic that, I mean, no, nobody's going to say they don't want this topic. So your new book is mm -hmm. called Live With Less Stress and More Joy. What is the big idea in the book? Thank you. Yeah. Do you know, it's been really interesting when I've taken the book out literally onto the streets nearly 100% of people have said, I need that. It's been really interesting that they haven't just said, oh, that's interesting, or at some point I might get around to it. Most people have gone, I need that. And I do think I've written this book because there was this conversation I was having again and again and again with people kind of wrestling with their own level of stress and realising it's not where they want it to be, but not entirely sure how to, to move the dial on it. So the big idea in the book is really that we ask the question, what does it matter? And that is such a simple tool where we can reduce our stress level by putting things in perspective really, really fast. Um, so to break it down, if I'll be super quick with you, is the what does it matter framework is W-D-I-M, what does it matter? The what is first naming your feelings. So recognizing what we're feeling. And I would love if people are going to try and do this to think, to extend their vocabulary, not just, oh, I'm anxious. Or, are you anxious or are you fearful? Are you scared? Are you bored? Are you frustrated? Are you agitated? Like really specific, like what is it that you're feeling? And D, define why you're feeling it. Like what is it that's prompted that feeling in you? So what am I feeling? Define why I'm feeling it and then how important it is to you. And this is really important because I think I've come across so many people who actually their level of stress is really high. But if they look at why they're stressed, often those things aren't that important. They may not remember it in 10 hours, 10 days or 10 years. So how important is it really? And then the M is to make a plan or let it go. And it's amazing if you put this into practice, how many times you can just let it go. So, you know, obviously we go into all sorts of things, but that's that's the what does it matter framework, just implementing that tool. What does it matter? And then acting accordingly to the answer. Oh, that's clever. I like the way it's lined up. And I'm going to tell you, I was having this conversation recently and I've talked about it on FOMO Sapiens before, but I was out with a couple of friends and we were talking about, you know, anxiety. And I'm not a person who I think 
on a daily basis, usually I'm not an anxious person, but I'm a catastrophizer. So like yes. one little thing, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, the, the package on Amazon is late and all of a sudden I'm connecting yeah. that to I'm going to be dead tomorrow. And yes. so, yes. <laughs> which is, I don't know why I do that because I, I talk to other friends and they're like, why would you do that? But I do that. It's a thing that I have to work on. So it sounds like, let's just do a little exercise. Okay. So let's say, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you like real life ones from my life. Okay. Um, let's go. I, I'm working on a project and the client isn't getting back to me. Okay. okay. And so mm -hmm. I'm starting to think, well, they must think I'm terrible. And also they're going to never give me work again. And I'm going to end up living in the subway. <laughs> Yes, that would be over catastrophizing. 100%. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, so that's my life. Okay, so take me, help me, please. Okay, so if I'm going to help with that, let's take what is it that you're feeling in that moment? Are you, my guess would be, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, my guess would be what would be driving that? It's a potential fear of rejection, maybe you're 100%. Being, feeling that. Yes. It's like, hang on. What, what, how, why are they not getting back to me? Have I not done a good enough job? Am I not interesting enough? Am I not a big, so that's where some of that, so is it around a fear of rejection, which also you mentioned about living in the subway, potentially you're then thinking, hang on a minute, is this going to dry up my work? That was meant to, you know, mm -hmm. create another pipeline of work. So your mind can easily run away. Um, let's take the fear of rejection for, as an example. I'm feeling a fear of rejection, define why. Well, because I made an effort to reach out and I haven't heard back from them and that must mean they don't like me. That must mean they don't think I'm good enough for the job. Whereas actually, if we put ourselves in their shoes for a moment, we can go, well, there's all sorts of reasons we may not get back to somebody. If, if I haven't got back to somebody, is it because I think they're terrible and they're gonna do a dreadful job? No, sometimes it could just be because I'm busy. It could be all sorts of things. One of the things I talk about in the book actually is, um, it's a bit of a cheeky subtitle, but it's um, this, it's, it's not me, it's you. Because what we need to remember is actually someone accepting us and wanting to work with us is as much about them as it is about us. And someone accepting you is as much about them as it is about you. And all the while we have an expectation that everyone's going to get back to us. Everyone's going to love us. Everyone's going to appreciate us. We set ourselves up for disappointment because we're giving our power to the other person to place our own safety and security. So the what does it matter? Define why. How important is it? Well, that that will depend on your particular circumstance. It may right. be that it's something you can just let sit for a little bit and then come back to it maybe six weeks later, or you need to pursue it. But by asking the question, you will work out the genuine importance of that. And based on that, you then make a plan because sometimes it does really matter. So then you go, okay, I really need to find another way to get in touch with this client. So, so they've not been responding to my emails. Where's their mobile number? They've not been in touch with their mobile. Who do I know that knows them? You know, you, then you make a plan to really make it happen or to let it go. But either way taking a pause, breathing deeply and saying, hang on, what does this matter? What, is, what are the genuine consequences to this situation? And then making a plan. Another good thing was within, um, if you're, you're approaching a situation like that, would be thinking about the worst case scenario, which is a little bit uncomfortable to do. I'll be honest with you. It's like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do that. But the truth is, when you make a worst case scenario, like what's the worst case here? And then you make a plan for handling the worst case suddenly you're back in control again. But it sounds to me something like that would be around feeling a little little rejected. And um, I think some, some of that is putting that in perspective. It's not always about us.
sometimes it's you know like, emma you say that you're in you're in europe but how can you be in europe when you're inside of my head that's what i want to know <laughs> <laughs> because you no, are human right. human welcome to being human and do you know what that's one of the things i love so i've really pushed in this book i love humanity in all our weirdness and fallibility and imperfection and striving to be better i love humans you know we're all a bit weird we're all a bit weird yeah and we all we really you know fear rejection yeah all right so we're gonna take a little break and we will be back right after with more of this conversation Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, Emma. So we're back. You just psychoanalyzed me. I just got. I mean, how much? That's probably <laughs> at your hourly rates. That was, you know, a lot of pounds. A lot of pounds worth of value. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, now, talk about like why you know why why you why is this the book that you wanted to write? Because so much of you know as FOMO sapiens, and we'll get into why you're like a massive FOMO sapiens in a minute. But you could mm -hmm. do a million different things. Why did you choose this mm. particular topic? And now. Um, really good question. Uh, the reason I've chosen this topic is this. I didn't want to write a book. I've been approached before to write books, but I didn't have anything particularly that I wanted to say. And this is a message that I really wanted to bring because I just want to say to people, you're doing okay. There needs to be some reassuring messaging out there that's not necessarily, oh, you know, there, but actually some practical tools. But the, And this is crucial. I am sick of being told what to do. Like, I am sick and tired of celebrities and self-help 
you know, gurus setting themselves up there with a, I know how to live life, and if you live like me, you'll be happy. If you sleep the way I sleep, you eat the way I eat, you exercise the way I exercise, and you do ABC, then you'll be happy. And that happiness propaganda is really dangerous because my experience in working with clients and, and friends and all sorts of is that actually people are making themselves unhappy trying to be happy. And I really believe that is a problem. And I really rage against that kind of happiness propaganda that brings a shame and guilt on people who are genuinely trying their best. They're doing their best. And then because this um, kind of unrealistic attainment is set up that they just cannot get to, on top of the already feeling they're not doing good enough, they then have shame and guilt on it. So I just kind of want to send a message of, you know what? You're doing great. And there's um, within the book, there's uh, a thing I use, which I use on, for myself all the time, which is called Five to Thrive. It's my Five to Thrive. And when I'm getting het up, which I do, when I over-catastrophize, which I do, which we all do, this is one of the things that I help kind of just bring me back down to a calm place again. And it's this. Is everyone safe, fed, clean, warm and loved? Is everyone safe, fed, clean, warm and loved? If we're doing that, we're doing all right. Anything else is a bonus. And I think we those extra bonus things become an added pressure. So for me, this book really was in response to an unnecessary stress. Stress is useful and stress is good for keeping us alive. But I think there is an unnecessary burden out there. And I am not, the reason this book is a tight, the title of this book is a question, Patrick, is because it's not a telling book. It's not a do this, do that, and you'll be fine. It's a question asking. We know in good coaching, it's all about questions, but that doesn't seem to have transferred itself to the self-help space quite so well. It's all do this, do that, da, da, da. Whereas I, this is a book really asking a lot of questions. I'm not expecting everyone to agree with me. I'm not asking everyone to agree with me. I'm asking them to ask themselves okay, what does this look like for me? So that's why it's my thing. I've got, you know, I love humans and we are driving ourselves insane, trying to be, try, making ourselves unhappy, trying to be happy. So there's something we can do about that. I really like that. By the way, I got, I, I said the subtitle of your book, but not the title. So it is, the title is, what does it matter? Question mark. Live with, 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 live with less stress and more joy. So I, I, I'll correct myself there. Now, um, what what I what I'm hearing in this, and it's, it's funny about this pursuit of happiness, uh, is that it you know it's like that chasing happiness thing. The, the Buddhists have it right because the Buddhists are like, you know, you're you're you get to the sort of elevated state when you observe. You don't you don't sort of you're not chasing anything. You sort of are able to just process everything, you observe it, and and you don't sort of like freak out about anything. The equanimity kind of concept. And you think about that. And when you look at like a Buddha statue, Buddha's just sort of, um, you know, sort of existing in a place where um, the ups and downs aren't driving um, sort of the freak outs or, or in either direction. So there is something to be said about just being able, able to just kind of chill out, relax a little bit, let the world pass you by and focus on the things that matter in a detached manner in a sense. Now, I do want to, I want to talk to you about one thing that's really cool is, and I think folks know if you have been listening to the show this year, I recently got a piano, at, which I played as a kid. I was a super serious musician. Then I didn't play for a long time. And then reading Stephen Kotler's new book, which talks, and he'll be on the show that he's been on the show. Um, and, and, and we talk about this sources of flow. I got a 
piano, not just to get flow, but I'm getting, it's like a flow machine for me. And so anyway, music and leadership and all that sort of stuff. You are a, a performer, you are a songwriter, a composer, you are a conductor, and you are also an executive co coach and you do all this stuff in the business world. Like talk about how, I guess the benefit of music and in how it, within your life and within your work as mm. a whole. Mm. Well, for me, it's always been a very creative outlet. And um, I been, I actually think all humans are creative. I've worked with bankers who say, oh, no, I don't do creativity. Yes, you do. Creativity is problem solving. Creativity is... So for me, music is that outlet of um, creativity. It is an expression. I think my family would um, absolutely agree that they knew what mood I was in based on what I was playing on my piano. Like th mm. that was a good way of it. And I was one of five children. So there wasn't a lot of airspace to talk these things through. So my fingers played them through, um, which was just brilliant for me growing up. Um, and so that, that was always what I did. My undergrad is in music and I just love composing and I love conducting. Conducting is one of the most fun things ever. I mean, a lot of the work is done off stage. It's all the preparation in advance to that moment. But I absolutely love conducting. My back is to the audience and my front is to my my audience and my, my crew, my team that I'm conducting. So I absolutely love conducting. And as you say, there's all those different elements to the jigsaw puzzle of my life, which isn't really a straight career progression. When I left university, um, they actually said to me, we don't really know what to do with you because my undergrad's in creative, my postgrad is in philosophy and research. And, you know, I didn't really fit the box. And at the time, that was really unusual. Um, and they said, well, you'll find your own way. And actually, that's true. My jigsaw puzzle, it's not really a career. It's more of a jigsaw puzzle of just following my curiosity through. And where it leads me is to a place where my creativity, so within music, within writing, actually ends up as a presentation tool for all the research and the philosophy and the leadership, executive coaching, and all those different things that I do. So the, the creative um, process ends up the vehicle that everything else fits within. So it, it is it is peculiar, but I do, I oh my gosh, there's a few places happy for me as writing a song. Oh my goodness. To start with nothing and to finish with a song is just brilliant. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. It really is. And it makes a really good gift, by the way, a really good gift. Why buy somebody <laughs> something they don't need when you can write them a song that will last forever, that they will like more. Absolutely. So, oh man, Emma, it's really, yeah. uh, it's been really fun meeting you. So folks, if you want to find out more about Emma, you can go to her website. It's emmapeers.com. Now it's spelled P-E-A-R-S, like the fruit, but it's pronounced Piers. That's right. But go to emmapeers.com. <laughs> and the name of the book is... What does it matter, question mark, live with less stress and more joy? Emma, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Patrick. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. <laughs>